Welcome to Radiant's Real Estate Market Update for September 2020. I'm Brenda Smucker, Assistant Vice President of National Training, and I'm excited to chat with Steve Gensler, our Senior Vice President of Data and Analytics at Radiant. With 25 years in the mortgage and capital market industries, Steve is leading the charge at Radiant to disrupt the property valuations and real estate markets through machine learning and artificial intelligence. Welcome, Steve, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Brenda. Glad to be here and looking forward to talking about what we're seeing uh, in the real estate markets. Great, Steve. So let's just jump in. I know that the housing market is always a hot topic, but before we talk about what is going on in the market, let's first get a better understanding of the Radiant Home Price Index. Can you tell us what it is and why it is a valuable tool for analyzing real estate markets? Thanks, Brenda. So the Radiant Home Price Index, which is provided by uh, Radiant subsidiary Redbell Real Estate, is a new modern way to monitor and track changes in real estate markets around the country. And we think it comes with some unique advantages. You know, we've used indices as a way to measure and track performance of things for decades, right? Stock markets, bond markets, agricultural, manufacturing, construction, they all use them. Legacy indices measuring real estate prices have had some really significant limitations. So we set out to use our wealth of national data and our years of property valuation expertise to construct indices that would be more insightful and more valuable. And so we focused on improving on three key weaknesses of existing indices. First, legacy options were not timely enough to be of true value. You know, they're released with months of delay. So users wouldn't learn, let's say until like September, what real estate was actually doing in April. So we developed an index that is available only 15 days after a month end. So without any lag, and it's almost in real time. Second, the mathematical tools used by others have been outdated for a long time. There's so much information out there, things we can leverage to give us better and deeper insights. So we leverage both artificial intelligence and machine learning to provide us the most robust estimates of value of the entire US housing stock. It's something others just can't do. And finally, indices just weren't granular enough to be valuable to practitioners. Indices constructed at the county or the CBSA level, those are the most granular levels previously available for most people. And with them, you're not able to discern patterns of risk and opportunity where you really need it. So we developed what we call micro-market indices that combine both property attributes like bedrooms or square footage with the most granular geography, so like zip codes or even neighborhoods because that's what users needed. Steve, I love that you're using AI and machine learning. There are so many variables that could impact values and the use of new technology will really provide a more granular view. Speaking of views, let's talk about hindsight. It's now over six months into the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's think back to the beginning of this pandemic in March and April. What were the original thoughts on how the pandemic would impact the real estate market? So in the early days of the pandemic, the entire world lived in a world of unknowns. And by April, most of the U.S. was in a complete lockdown, right? We all remember those days. And so when living in a vacuum of data, it wasn't unreasonable for the prognosticators out there to forecast some, you know, what now looks like worst case scenarios. A lot of discussions are focused on the shape of the potential recovery, right? We heard about the V-shaped recovery, which was that kind of quick bounce the U-shaped recovery, which is a little more prolonged in the downturn. And we even talked about the L, the L-shaped recovery, which is really associated with a long-term quarters to maybe years of downturn. 
But unlike the Great Recession, which was driven in part by inflated housing prices, real estate markets weren't overheated and home equity, frankly, was substantial, it still is. Nonetheless, lack of access to homes for inspections and open houses and valuations all made it seem nearly impossible to complete any real estate transactions. Plus the expectation of significant unemployment, right? All these things made it really um, not unrealistic at the time to think that home prices would fall and fall significantly potentially. So while we didn't publish any forecasts ourselves, the general range of economists out there was probably for a decline somewhere between three and 10% over the coming year. Well, clearly those predictions were incorrect given the new statistics that tell us that this could be the second biggest mortgage year in history. Okay, so with the positives we've seen, what does the latest Radian Home Price Index tell us? It's a good question. So the Radian HPI and our other real estate data tell us two things. First, home prices continue to outperform our initial expectations. And secondly, 2020 has become a story of, of basically three unique phases. So looking at the most recent HPI data, if we annualize what happened from June to July of this year, we would have recorded home prices rising nationally about 8.6%, which is a very strong month. And regionally in August, all six of our regional indices also recorded positive annual home price appreciation rates, uh, with the Northeast in particular appreciating at its strongest pace of all of 2020. If we zoom in a little bit more, right, and we look at the city or the metropolitan area, we see that some of our data indicates that larger cities where high density housing, so multifamily and apartment, a condo is more prevalent, we're witnessing a renewed interest in moving out of those cities into less dense areas, which is actually a benefit for the single family, owner occupied, right, suburban areas of these metros. And so of the 20 largest metros in the US, all of them as well recorded positive annual price appreciation in August, and three of them, Phoenix, Miami, and Boston, actually increased their annual appreciation rates. Those are some unbelievable statistics. What else can you tell us about the home prices in the past six months? So then if we look back six months, so let's look back from the onset of the pandemic until now. In that last six month period, homes across the US have risen about 6.9%, right? If I annualize that, which is a slight decrease from the 7.4% rise over the prior six month period uh, from really September of 19 to March of 2020, just the period prior to the pandemic. And so why, we asked ourselves the question, why is that? Well, we see that what I call tale of three unique quarters in real estate. From January to March of this year, real estate was really humming. It was very strong. And we actually were outpacing the similar months, January to March of 2019, in almost every measure. And the count of listed sales, as an example, in the first three months was almost 10% higher than the same three months in 2019. But then came the lockdown. So from April to June, pandemic lockdowns drastically hindered sales, just the opposite. And in fact, the aggregate count of sales went from being 10% higher than 2020 to actually being 6% lower than of the first six months of 2019, which is a, a really unbelievable decline. But then came the third phase, which is what we're in now, uh, which I'm calling the recovery, which has really helped to narrow that deficit. And we have strong housing demand from July to now, has shrunk their gap to only a negative 2%. And at the current pace, if we keep going the way we are, 2020, even with all the headwinds, will end up with a larger sales market than all of 2019. Wow, a larger sales market than all of 2019. I think a lot of people may be surprised to hear that, especially considering the slump that hit during the spring home buying season. 
So I think we're all curious on what factors are contributing to high home prices at this time. Yeah, there's actually a, a confluence of a number of positive benefits for real estate in particular. And if I just look at the real estate data points themselves, you know, the big trigger between uh, home prices rising and falling is generally the supply demand imbalance or balances. And we have very strong demand for um, property transactions, but very low inventory. And in fact, the days on market, which is how we typically track how long or how tight inventory is, has hit record lows or near record lows in each of the last few months both for active listings and for homes being sold. Part of that is also driven by historically low mortgage rates. The final is that there's a shift of demographics, right? We have a shift of people wanting to move to suburbs, wanting larger homes as they're working from home more, uh, and then just moving to different areas. And that causes you know, demand to increase as well. So from the real estate perspective, we see a lot of supply demand imbalance leaning towards protecting of home prices. We also see that lending is very different from the last housing recession, right? The quality of mortgage products that have been underwritten and serviced uh, has improved dramatically over the last decade, right? Part of it's regulatory reform, um, part of it is just good business practices, and that's helping to ensure that sustainable home ownership continues. And the last, and, and maybe the most important for right now, is the you know, swift government involvement in their reaction to things like allowing for mortgage forbearance plans to be put in place very quickly through the CARES Act, additional unemployment benefits for those who have uh, unemployed, expanded unemployment benefits. So all these things are very different than what happened in the prior Great Recession. The government has gone more directly to the consumer and helped them and not only just make payments and generate income, but also if they are in a struggling situation, allow them for forbearance and prevented them from being evicted from their homes. So all of those have created, again, a shortage of supply when we still have a large amount of demand. That makes sense. We all understand the impacts of supply and demand. Okay, Steve, now time for a prediction. What's in store for the fall housing market? Yeah, Brendan, that's a great question, right? Anyone wants to know what's going to happen in the future. And not being a prognosticator, I would say simply this. I don't see much in the way of changes to the current path that we're on. And a couple of things stand out to me. First is the Federal Reserve has made it clear to the marketplace that low interest rates are here to stay for a long period of time. Years is their most recent. And secondly, with an election coming up, I don't foresee much change in housing policy, right? which has been one of the driving supports to the housing market. And so the reality is I think that we're going to see uh, no real push for an additional supply coming into the marketplace, and yet demand should still remain positive and strong. Um, the upside for our clients and our subscribers is that we release that rating HPI every single month. So that's really the one of the best ways for your listeners to stay on top of these broader trends and markets and what's happening really quickly. So as our subscribers know, they can access these deeper micro market insights and they become an extremely valuable tool for seeing uh, more granular things that are happening in markets more quickly. And so I would just say stay tuned to the Radiant HPI. I think we will all be watching those trends closely throughout the fall and beyond. Well, thank you again, Steve, for sharing your insights on the current state of the housing market. For our listeners that want to learn more, you can see the latest Radian Home Price Index news release on the Radian website, or visit info.radian.com forward slash HPI to access more resources. Steve, we'll check in with you again soon for another update. Thanks, Brenda. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to talking again soon.